Hello and welcome to Small Black Birds. I'm AJ. And in this episode, you will hear about a woman who, after experiencing tragedy, is now helping others walk a mile in her shoes. How did you react to the worst moment of your life? Did you feel sad or angry? Did you question why it happened to you and not someone else? Did you wonder how you would go on? These were some of the questions Heather Abbott asked herself after her worst day. You see, back in April 2013, Heather was standing near the finish line of the Boston Marathon when two bombs exploded nearby. Struck by shrapnel from the second blast, her left leg was severely injured and doctors would later amputate her leg below the knee. Injured, frustrated, and learning to navigate her new life as an amputee, there were days when Heather sat in bed asking why it happened to her. But after being gifted several high-tech prosthetic limbs that allowed her to resume the active life she lived before the bombing, her recovery really took off. Now, Heather uses her knowledge and experience as an amputee to help others who can't access prosthetic limbs because of their enormous costs, giving them an opportunity to live their lives again. I really think that people do have a strength within themselves that they don't realize until they have to. And I think a lot of us have it and hopefully we don't have to all find it, but I found mine. Ask any Bostonian and they will tell you that their city's marathon is special. First held in 1897 with only 15 runners, it's the oldest annual marathon still in existence. Unlike most marathons, Boston's requires participants to qualify to enter, so it attracts the world's top runners and massive crowds of spectators. It was also where, in 1967, Catherine Switzer became the first woman to officially run in the race. Though there were no rules against women participating, at the time many believed women were too fragile to complete a 26.2-mile run, so Switzer registered for the race using only her initials. It didn't take long for other runners to notice her, and there is a famous photograph of a race official attacking her while she's running the marathon. Brushing him aside, Switzer finished the race and would go on to win the New York City Marathon in 1974. For years, Heather and her friends traveled from their homes in Newport, Rhode Island to Boston to celebrate what locals call Patriots Day or Marathon Monday. It had become an annual tradition for them to start the day by attending a Red Sox baseball game at Fenway Park before making their way over to a restaurant near the finish line. In typical fashion, we left a little early to beat the crowds walking over to the finish line, watching runners complete the Boston Marathon. We had planned to meet our friends who lived in the city at the usual spot, a restaurant called Forum, which is just before the finish line. The seven of us got split up on our walk over to Forum. While four were already inside the restaurant, three of us lagged behind, and were standing just outside of the front entrance when we heard the first explosion. I turned to the direction of the noise, and I instinctively knew that something was terribly wrong. I saw smoke and people running. I heard screaming. It reminded me of footage I had seen from the 9-11 attacks. 
but a mere 12 seconds later, before I had a chance to react, I heard a loud popping noise to my right, and I was catapulted by the force from the second bomb from outside on the sidewalk through the front doors of the restaurant. No one knew at the time, but two brothers had hidden bombs near the finish line, and when they exploded, three people, including an eight-year-old and a graduate student from China studying at Boston University, were killed and more than 260 people injured. The bombs had been improvised explosive devices, similar to the ones used against foreign militaries in Iraq and Afghanistan, and were loaded with shrapnel like pellets and nails that viciously tore through many of the victims' bodies and limbs. Three days after the bombing, the older brother was gunned down in a shootout with police, and the younger one was captured. But none of that mattered in the wake of the bombing. Lying on the restaurant floor, covered in blood and in tremendous pain, Heather remembers being too scared to look at her legs and feet. She had been standing so close to the second explosion that the FBI would later analyze the clothing she had worn that day for bomb residue. And as she watched other people running to escape the chaos, Heather didn't know how she would get out. When I was struck by the second bomb in front of the Forum restaurant, I was catapulted through the front door of the restaurant onto the ground. And when I came to, there was smoke around me, there was glass and blood and people screaming and people running out the back door of the restaurant to get away from the noise. And no one knew what was gonna happen next, if there would be another bomb or what. And I realized that I couldn't walk. My foot felt as though it was on fire. And I knew I, I needed to get to where everybody else was going. So I started to call out for help. And as I was doing that, I was thinking, who's going to help me? People are literally running for their lives. And people stopped. A woman named Erin Chatham found me on the ground. And she was at the restaurant for a fundraiser with her husband, who was a former New England Patriots football player. They found me on the ground. They carried me out to the back of the building, really risking their own lives because it took us quite a while to get back there. And once we got there, my friends gathered around me. A doctor and nurse tied a tourniquet around my leg who happened to be out there as well. And they got me to safety. There is a common belief that when disaster strikes, like from a flood or a terrorist attack, people abandon all sense of community and only look out for themselves. But this belief has been proven false countless times by people responding to emergencies with cooperation and incredible acts of selflessness. Whether at Ground Zero on September 11th, when firefighters sacrificed their lives to rescue people from the World Trade Center, or in the streets of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, where men and women worked night and day to dig out strangers from the rubble of collapsed buildings after a devastating 2010 earthquake. To right now, during the pandemic, we didn't wear masks to only protect ourselves, but to also help keep our elderly and more vulnerable neighbors safe. And it was true during the panic-filled moments following the Boston Marathon bombing, when several people used a makeshift cardboard stretcher to help move Heather to an ambulance. People will do things that you would just never expect them to. I mean, the, the folks who actually got me out there, got me outside and, and onto the ambulance, didn't know me, they had no obligation to help me. They were really putting their own lives at risk because they didn't know what was gonna happen next. Once at the hospital, Heather was rushed into surgery and doctors began assessing her situation. Four days later, she now faced an agonizing decision. Live a lifetime of pain and more surgeries 
or have her leg amputated below the knee. If she chose to have her leg removed, her doctor said a prosthetic limb would give her a better chance of resuming the independent life she was used to. After consulting with her doctors and other amputees, Heather decided to undergo the amputation. One week after the bombing, my left leg was amputated below the knee, and I was forced to discover what would be my new normal. I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that I didn't lie awake some nights, wondering what if, or why me? What if I hadn't been separated from the friends who had already made it inside the restaurant safely? What if we hadn't left the Sox game early? Why did this happen to me when none of my other friends or people surrounding me weren't hurt? After a short period of time of asking myself these questions and realizing that there were no answers, I recognized that going over these proposed scenarios in my head was a pointless activity. What had happened happened, and there was absolutely nothing I could do to change it. I knew that I needed to accept that fact and moved on to figuring out what to do about it. I was never going to get my leg back, so I needed to determine how to get my life back as best I could without it. In the weeks and months that followed, Heather would experience many highs and lows. She began rehab and the difficult process of learning how to adjust to her new life, struggling with everyday activities like carrying grocery bags or walking on the sidewalk. But her story had caught the nation's attention, and she received a visit from First Lady Michelle Obama, was on the cover of People magazine, and was invited backstage to meet Beyonce when she played a concert in Boston. As part of her recovery, Heather received a prosthesis for walking, but her health insurance refused to pay for the additional limbs she wanted to live the active life she had before. With the help of donations from organizations that assisted the victims of the Boston bombing, Heather was gifted several other limbs that allowed her to run, bike, and do water sports like paddleboarding. She even received a prosthetic leg wrapped in a material made to look and match her skin that allowed her to wear high heels again. Yeah, it looks just like mine. And even when I wear it in open toe shoes, the same number of toes stick out as my real leg. It, it really looks like my, my leg. They're very expensive. Especially this high heel leg, the cover that looks like my skin is very expensive. The skin covering alone is about $20,000. The legs are generally between twenty dollars and $70,000. They're all different. They have different levels of activity. And I don't think I would have recovered as well if I didn't know I could have a leg that looks like my own. And I could walk out in a crowd and have nobody realize that I was wearing a prosthetic leg. While many insurance companies will cover the cost for a basic prosthetic, they will not help with the specialty ones, which can cost anywhere from $15,000 to $100,000, making them far too expensive for most people hoping to regain more of the life they had once lived. But remembering how important they were to her own recovery and how others had stepped in to pay for the limbs she needed, Heather started an organization to provide specialty prosthetics at no cost to people who had lost limbs. Since its inception, the Heather Abbott Foundation has raised over a million dollars and has provided life-changing limbs to nearly 50 people, with beneficiaries ranging in age from 6 to 58 years old. Well, we help amputees who are victims of traumatic circumstances. So most of them lost limbs unexpectedly at some point in their lives, and 
would like prosthetic devices to help get them back to doing activities they used to do or to doing things easier or better than what their insurance provides for them. So because they're so expensive, the foundation was formed to help amputees afford these devices. One year after the bombing, Heather once again traveled to Boston with friends to celebrate Marathon Monday, but was no longer a spectator. With loud and boisterous cheers from the crowd, Heather ran the last half mile of the marathon and crossed the finish line with one of the women who helped get her to safety. It was an incredible accomplishment for a woman who had defied the odds and is now a champion to so many. I began to realize that Paying it forward was sort of my responsibility shortly after the bombing. I had been in the media so much that people began reaching out to me and telling me that they wanted my advice or they wanted to talk to me. Maybe they were going to be undergoing an amputation or just had something difficult they were dealing with and wanted to know, you know, how I did that. So that kind of made me think about how, how did I do it and made me realize that being able to help other people was ultimately going to be able to help myself too. So being able to pay it forward and making something good out of something that could have been terrible has allowed me to make some sense of what happened to me. Thanks for listening to this episode. There are so many parts to Heather's story that are memorable, but I can't stop thinking about those people at the restaurant who risked their own lives to help her get to safety. It reminded me of a book called A Paradise Built in Hell that's all about how regular people responded to some of the worst moments in their lives with love and compassion, and shows that we are capable of being better even when things are at their worst. Did I get this story right? Let me know at smallblackbirdspodcast at gmail.com. Want to protect your right to protest? Check out rightsanddissent.org. Stay safe and talk with you soon. All you've got to live for is what you left behind. Get yourself up out of charge and seal that silver mine. Lost my boots and chance in vain. Pop the smoke and leather. Chat.